I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today on episode 71, I'm going to talk about what to do when you don't know what to do. With all the craziness going on in the world, it's difficult, if not impossible, to know the best possible path forward for your life and ministry. This is where an old word takes on new meaning. Join me today as we look at what God wants us to do when we face extreme uncertainty. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I want to say thank you so much for the great response I got from the last episode on how to make this your best year yet. And I am praying for you that this year in 2021, it is your best year. And that you've put your goals down and you've established your systems to develop a balanced and powerful plan going into 2021. Today I want to talk about what to do when you don't know what to do. A word bubbled to the surface of my mind as I was praying and meditating this past month. The word was trust. Now I don't know why or where it came from. I can only attribute it to the Spirit. And as I wondered why that word came to mind, I started to realize that this would make a great theme for 2021, both for me personally, as well as the church I'm leading. And so today I want to talk about the power of trust in God, what to do when you don't know what to do. There's a scripture in Psalm 84, verse 12, that says this, Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. And as I was reading that, I thought, man, that's, that's how I want to be. I want to tr- be a man who trusts in God. Now, here's, here's where I came to this whole concept. I, I think, for me, I've had a lot of misconceptions about this whole issue of trust. Because trust seems so soft and fuzzy. I've always looked past it. I, I know. I know that it's a synonym for faith. It just seems to be a word that you can hear without really associating it with anything concrete or useful. It strikes my ears as as much too fuzzy to be useful. You hear it so often. You got to trust God. You got to trust, you know, this and that. But as 2020 passed and the many days of uncertainty within it, the usefulness of trust has started to become clearer to me. I want to talk about how trust gets overlooked. If you haven't already picked up, I'm an extremely pragmatic person. I like the reassurance of practical direction. I want to know how to do something. You can take a look at the titles of my podcast episodes. A lot of them are how to do this, how to do this, what to do here, even today, what to do when you don't know what to do. I like to follow a template and a plan that offers predictable outcomes. 
And I've overlooked trust in the past because of its apparent disconnect between cause and effect. Now, trust is is the work of God. Jesus was often surrounded by people like me, interested in knowing what the bottom line was in pleasing God. Look look at this interaction in John chapter 6, verse 28 through 30. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? That seems like a very fair question to me. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Now, I can only imagine the rolling eyeballs and the groans coming from Jesus' audience as he gave this seemingly vague and imprecise response to their question. I'd be so tempted to follow up with another question. Yeah, yeah, but what do we need to do? Not, Not what we need to believe. What do we need to do? Believing or trusting in Jesus just doesn't seem to be a work that counts or is is measurable or quantifiable. It strikes me as much too soft. But I'm starting to believe, I'm coming to believe that trusting God is actually the most valuable and the most difficult work I can do. Trust is built on relationship as opposed to performance. For performance-oriented strivers like me, the concept of trust takes the focus away from me and what I can do, and it puts it on God and what he's able to do. Like the older son in the story of the prodigal son, I tend toward recounting what I've done for God. I measure the depth of my relationship with God with how I've been doing recently in the areas of personal righteousness, evangelism, and ministry performance. I'm satisfied in my relationship with God when my circumstances and performance seem to be going well. However, when I stumble into sin or don't see the growth, I feel troubled in my relationship with God. Trust allows us to work on our sin and weaknesses. In David's, David Tackle's book, Forming, he explains that because our spiritual foundation is based on relationship and not performance, we can have the security to deal with all areas of weakness in our life. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, it really struck me in a fresh way recently when I read it. Here's the message version of that passage that I'm sure you've read many, many times before. It says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Like Adam in the garden, when I sin, my first impulse is to run away and hide from God. I don't want to reveal, acknowledge, or deal with my sin and weakness with God. I'd just prefer to lick my wound lick my wounds privately, wait for the immediacy of my shame to diminish, and then slowly return to God's presence. However, if I trust that I am a child of God in good and bad times, I can have the security to get help with my failings, even even with and especially when I'm not at my best. Trust allows us to keep growing in times of uncertainty. After Jesus rose from the dead and right before he ascended, 
his disciples tried to pin him down for a specific plan. In Acts chapter 1, in verse 6 through 8, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus came back with a very vague promise about the Spirit and spreading the word, but he offers nothing more specific as to how this was going to happen. In fact, he essentially tells them that it's none of their business. This absence of specific direction caused the disciples to gather constantly in prayer. You can read about that in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. And to trust that God would provide the direction as the need arose. In the wake of COVID-19, we need to dig trust out of our spiritual basements, dust it off, and put it back into action through prayer. I'm asking the members of our church to join me in prayer and fasting this year. I worked on a prayer and fasting chain and put it together and sent it out to everybody. Uh, you know, I used Google Sheets. And we're creating prayer and fasting chains and weaving prayer more deeply into our regular meetings. I don't know what, what specifically it'll bring about, but I trust that God will make that clear. In a recent episode, I, I did an interview with Henry and Arunima Gomes from India. And as I shared and as I talked to them, the church they led had no baptisms at all in 2019. But they simply asked the members of their church to join a fasting chain and asking God to open the doors for people to get saved. They prayed and fasted for five months with no apparent results. But in June of last year, right during the, the middle of covid they had their first baptism. And over the remainder of the year, nearly 10 people became Christians. It was amazing. And that just reminded me of the power of trust expressing itself in prayer and fasting. The Tucson Church is going to follow that example of trust. What else about trust? Trust allows us to focus on the process, not the product. I see one common thread to the best and most successful college or professional coaches. Now, of course, this is in America. If you're overseas in a different country, I'm sure it doesn't apply uh, specifically, but all these coaches all focus on the process, not the prize. Men like John Wooden from UCLA, Bill Walsh from um, the San Francisco 49ers football team, Nick Saban, who is a college coach at the University of Alabama, or Bill Belichick, who is the coach at the New England Patriots, all share this philosophy of winning. As Bill Walsh, the coach of the San Francisco 49ers said, concentrate on what will produce results rather than on the results. Focus on the process, not the prize. Now, each one of these winners trusts that if they concentrate on the right components and the culture, in time, success and growth will be the natural outcome. I had a growth goal for 2020. I got to be honest, I stared at that goal all year long in frustration and worry. We didn't come close to hitting it. This year, I'm determined to concentrate on the process of building a healthy church foundation. I'm determined to, to trust that this focus on the process 
will produce a strong, loving culture and growing church. If you're like me, that's a real leap of faith there. And I love you know, just focusing on goals. I did a whole section on it just last episode. But I'm going to have to really, fo- I'm going to have to trust that if I build the church right, put the right components in, that good things are going to happen. We are going to grow and great things are going to happen this, this coming year. What else about trust? Trust brings happiness and joy. I've decided I am not going to allow any more time to go by that I don't enjoy. I can't control what happens in my external environment, but I have a lot more influence over the level of happiness and joy in my interior world. Take a look at two different translations of the the first scripture we looked at today in Proverbs or Psalms 84:12. In the New Living Version it says, "O Lord of all, how happy is the man who trusts in you." And the New Living Translation says, O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Now, those three words, blessed is the man who trusts in you, how happy is the man who trusts in you, what joy for those who trust in you. I don't know about you, but that gets me fired up. I go, I want to be blessed. I want to be happy. I want to be joyful. I don't want to sit there and worry all through 2021. I don't want to be in anxiety as I lead my ministry. I want to enjoy this year. I know there's going to be challenges. I know there's going to be difficulties. But you know what? I don't want to wait for joy. I want to enjoy this time every day that I go through life with God. And according to the Bible, trust is the path to joy and happiness. Anxiety steals my joy and happiness. Now, I'm a chronic list maker and idea person. The downside of this tendency is that I realize I can't do everything that comes to mind or is on my to-do list. And this causes me to lose joy. I end up waiting to be happy until I can get everything done. But trust offers me a different solution. I'll do what I can with the time that I have and trust that God will make up the difference. When my anxiety level spikes, I will literally say to myself, I trust God. And just the thought, where the verbalization, verbalization of, this, of this lowers my anxiety and brings peace. I can feel the difference in my body. And this year, and I'm sure you felt this, as you begin the first couple of weeks of the year, you're just running. There's a ton of stuff to do. you got to reconnect with people. and get. If you're a, a ministry leader, you're just trying to get everyone organized and organize meetings. And it's crazy. It's a crazy time. And I've got a list a mile long of everything that I need to do, not only in the church, but getting a church planting going in Flagstaff this summer and and doing the podcast and, and doing different projects that I want to do for the for the larger kingdom. But what's really helped me is just to go, I'm I'm trusting God. I can't do it all in one day. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't get done, but my anxiety level has definitely gone down. And I attribute it to the fact that I'm just focusing on trusting God. I'm just, I got to trust that he's going to help me to get it done when it needs to get done. And I can't worry about the rest. And so for these reasons and others, my, my personal theme and the church's theme here in Tucson in 2021 is trust. I'm convinced in the face of uncertainty, trust is the path of growth and joy. You know, I just want to, 
say, I hope you have an awesome 2021. And whether you choose this theme or whatever theme you've chosen, I do hope that you decide, I'm going to trust God. No matter, no matter what happens, good or bad, in the midst of it, I'm going to be blessed, I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to be joyful because I trust God. If you're enjoying this podcast, let me ask you a favor. Let your friends know about it and how to find it, whether friends in your church, in your small group, your family members. Tell your church friends, please spread the word. My goal is to inspire you to make this life count, to live a no-regrets life, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day, and make this life count.